0: hello hello, OdaFest listeners I'm Angelo and I'm here with Nancy and Jay
1: and you're listening
0: to the OdaFest podcast it's the OdaFest podcast you're listening to it welcome you're listening to it and this is OdaFest podcast in 2021 but OdaFest 2022 early bird tickets are now available head to OdaFest.com for all of the details
2: And this is a quick reminder that OdaFest 2022 will be a two-day event rather than our traditional three-day event. In keeping the interests of everyone's health, we will be requiring that all attendees have masks and will be checking for vaccinations.
0: Man, so yesterday I was actually at at the Donut Mill in Red Deer, and they were like, Ah, you wish to dine in, we must see the QR code, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? The, the little thing that I printed out, like, four weeks ago is no good anymore.
2: Oh, you didn't and know? And looked
0: at me like I was an alien. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you have to have the QR code now. And I'm like, what? Oh, what man. Q-? I legitimately didn't know. And so we just shuffled off to the side of the counter and she showed me how to do it.
2: Nice. Which Aww, was pretty nice. handy because
0: I had to show my mom how to do it this morning. They want oh, your good. money. So.
2: Well, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm glad they're absolutely. being kind about it. They're not just like, Ugh, just go figure your stuff out and come back when you do. You know?
0: True. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. You should explain what Yesterday, a donut mill is. Uh, w- ooh. Oh my god. Anybody who's in, uh, who's in Calgary, or Edmonton, or the central Alberta area, who doesn't know what the donut mill is, has to, has to right now, drive over to Red Deer. Immediately. Uh, With a QR code. In Gasoline Alley. In Gasoline Alley on the west side of the highway. There is a windmill that makes donuts, and it's called, as you might have guessed, the Donut Mill.
2: Surprise! And they make
0: some of the best donuts in
1: Alberta.
2: So I didn't didn't know who they were. I didn't know. I did not know. And I was mildly ashamed that I didn't know. So I went and I looked it up right when you mentioned it. And I was like, ooh, they have monthly specials. They do. And November's? Is chocolate peppermint? I was just like, I gotta yes. go. I gotta go. I love a,
0: chocolate uh,
2: peppermint.
0: Peppermint <laughs> Do- hot chocolate donut. Is this your first uh. time
1: to Donut Mill or something?
0: No. Why were you up
1: there? If you no, don't want to No. Every
0: time. Every time I drive between like Edmonton, yeah, Edmonton and uh, and Odafest. So usually Edmonton <laughs> <Wow>. and Calgary. <laughs> wow. The, the, city Calgary. For anime the city of thon Calgary. Calgary the city of Taste is merely secondary. I stop by the Donut Mill.
1: The, se- the, the city of Calgary is merely secondary to it as being the host of OdaFest. We are, we are the city of OdaFest
0: that just so happens to be called Calgary. Under.
1: Yeah, the municipality Let's of Calgary real. within
0: OdaFest. We're just
2: the city but, of OdaFest, that's yeah. it. Yeah.
0: But there was there was actually a reason. I wasn't going to Edmonton. I was going to the donut mill because there are some online friends that I had one was from texas Ooh. one was from edmonton Ooh. and one was from red deer huh. mm. and so i was like oh oh texas friend is in edmonton for a couple months let's all meet in the middle mm. we've known each other for like two years now let's go have some goddamn donuts
2: well dang yes mm.
0: and it was wonderful it's as as I tweeted out about it, it's it's meeting old friends for the first time. Mm. It's it's really fun. It's really nice.
2: Aww.
1: Yeah. I uh I'm in the same boat about Donut Mill. I uh we typically only really went like well, I mean, I don't go to Edmonton very often at all. I don't have too many reasons to do so other than like something to do, sort of. But like every time we usually stop off in Gasoline Alley. To the Donut Mill, uh, which is always a nice little trip. Uh, the donuts are good. I'm actually not a huge donut fan, but recently I've been getting back into donuts. I just like um, a nice yeast donut. I'm not a huge fan of cake donuts, uh, but yeast donuts and then, you cake know. I mean donuts. Cake donuts. Eh, cake donuts are too dense for me. Like, What do you mean by cake donuts? So there's two types of donuts. One is... A yeasted donut, which is like your standard, you know, if you get a chocolate dip donut, oh, okay, or um, any type of like, uh, let's say even the the Boston creams or strawberry those filled, those are deep fried, right? Well, donuts by donuts exactly by definition fried. are they're deep fried.
0: Like, they're like
1: floated if in you, the oil. I thought the cake
2: lemon. ones weren't deep fried.
1: That's yeah, but like that's uh, th- like your standard yeasted donut is always deep fried, and then uh i believe cake donuts are baked and then like bagels are baked but they're also boiled yes anyways okay that's a that's a pretty strong
0: distinction yeah. thanks mm-hmm. for clearing that up for but me. i
1: uh mm-hmm. I, I specifically prefer like the airiness of like a, a good yeast of donut more than a cake donut i feel like if i wanted cake i'll just get cake you know
0: so if i if i wanted a donut and i was here in Calgary. I actually wouldn't know where to go other than Tim Hortons.
1: There's like, Oof. there's like three or four ba- major donut shops around here.
2: Yeah, I'd say Are there so. Actually, yeah. some
0: good ones. Because like I was, I was having the the Donut Mill donuts yesterday, and I had one with like just a chocolate glaze on it. Hell yeah! And one thing that actually stood out to me, and this should not at all be novel or interesting or something to talk about, but like the chocolate glaze. Uh, a a a a flake of it came off, and I tasted just that, and I was like, "Wow, that actually tastes like chocolate." Whereas, the last time I was at Tim Hortons, the glaze and almost all of the donut was just sickly sweet, like just pure sugar. Oh yeah. No flavor. Yikes! Just disappointment. You know?
2: Oof. Uh, well, Tim Hortons are okay. I I have gone to Holy Cow for gelato and donuts and they are quite good
1: oh oh speaking of real quick interjection uh speaking of gelato uh they're opening up an Amato gelato near my place i'm so stoked oh Oh my my. Amato gelato is the place in like kensington for people who don't know they have probably like about 50 60 flavors of gelato something crazy like that they're all good they all they're all made in-house i love them. Nice. Really
2: I have been frequenting um Noto Gelato because it's very close to work.
1: Hmm. Nice. I don't know of that one.
2: Really tiny little shop, um, very classic flavors available. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a bunch of like dairy free and and vegan choices as well, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. They also have like a stamp card, so you know I'm after that 10 stamps.
1: Oh
0: yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, you got to get that 11th gelato free. I don't
1: know if Amato mm-hmm. has has a stamp card, but I really hope they do because uh, one of the flavors that they have, that's one of my sort of like low-key favorites. Like I'm not going to go for it every time, but it's because they have the distinction of having it. They have a good durian flavor, which Whoa. hits me. Okay. I want to tell right. you
2: about durian. So recently a place opened up on center street that uh i believe i told you about jay called sugar marmalade and i was like oh, yeah. we should go yeah, we should they go. have you know hong kong style dessert things mm-hmm. and someone last time i was there ordered a durian sago all right and you could smell it
1: that's good oh my
2: uh so it was you know not fake do you, uh, stuff do you like least. durian i am undecided okay I am straight undecided because while I agree the smell is not very nice, it's not the way it tastes.
0: I've never had it. I've only ever heard that, like Nancy says, it's got a hell of a smell, but sure that's does. not how it tastes. Sure I, I, I
1: like it a lot. I grew up eating it a little bit. I remember like the first time it was like definitely like, you know, this thing smells weird, but I like the texture. Texture is a big part of it, and... I know texture throws off people off a lot too, so it's like I can understand it, but I really do like the flavor. It's like the creaminess of the texture and everything. Okay, so, so.
2: so they have a couple of desserts that involve Durian. So maybe we should go for a podcast episode one day.
0: Sure. Going to eat food for the podcast? Hell yes. <laughs> Hell <laughs> y- yes. You know what? The last time we we ate food in service of the podcast was I think about two and a half years ago when we were talking about uh, getting the three of us up for a podcast and we went to a ramen bar. Mm.
2: We also did KBBQ, I think. Yeah, we did.
0: Did we do KBBQ for the podcast? I think that was just to hang out.
2: It was an immediately before or something like that.
1: I don't know if it was for the podcast, but food was involved. Gay barbecue was involved around the time of podcast, so that's fine. It was tasty as heck. True, Uh,
2: But yeah, definitely um, on the destination list for the podcast crew.
0: Fair enough. That sounds like a good time.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Always down for new things, trying new things. I tried a new ramen place that's near my place as well. There's so many Uh new places opening up near my uh, new restaurants opening up in in, in my area. I'm super happy about it as usual. But like there's a new ramen place that opened up my last week it's like it's a it's a it is a japanese chain i believe uh really Uh, yeah um pretty sure it's uh like well i don't know if it's japanese chain it might be from like vancouver or something but uh it's called ramen taka um, oh, and,
2: I have not heard of them.
1: Yeah, it was. I had like a spicy miso. It was pretty good, standard spicy miso. But there's a, the mm-hmm. thing is, there's a lot of competition in this area, so they need to like rise above. I think they're pretty good, but I still have like my favorite, which is uh, which is another chain, uh, uh Jinya?
2: Is Ginya a chain?
1: Ginya. I've heard. Ginia hey, is a chain. Also, I didn't know they, I they were think, a chain. From Vancouver.
2: Uh, oh, I had no yeah, idea. I, I just knew that where the, they were down in Mission,
1: they do. I they do the the big garlic flavor noodles. The big garlic, yeah, oh, huge garlic black flavor. Oh, that black garlic is so so yes. strong. It's so good,
2: definitely for garlic lovers.
1: <laughs> that one, Dio is just but, like, you know, but you know, but you know
2: what we all hate. We all hate trying a new food place and being horrifically disappointed.
1: Yes, yes, but it happens. So, you can't you can't just swear off n- trying new food either.
2: Oh no!
0: No, absolutely. Like sometimes you want to go for the old favorites, but every now and then mm-hmm. it just it it rewards you to try something new. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: the other night was not such a night for me and Dio.
2: Unfortunate.
0: We we were browsing through the delivery app menus, being like, "What do we want? What are, what are we really feeling?" And then we saw it. We saw the name emblazoned across the screen. Blazoned, he says, four twenty burger. And we were like, man, mm-hmm. that name alone makes us want to click it. And click it, we did. Click it, we did. And we browsed their menu. And Dio, Dio ordered herself a chem dog. A dog with chemicals or something. What? It was a dog with like melted, melted cheddar, onion, ketchup, mustard, sauerkraut. Like, yeah, a good sounding, but a little bit... A little bit unusual, hot dog. Okay, okay. I ordered myself a kick-ass chicken sandwich with crispy chicken, white kimchi, fried kimchi, house-made kick-ass sauce, fresh lime, Korean barbecue. Does not contain explosions, car chases, or fists fight, it says on the menu.
1: Huh.
0: I also got myself some nice, some nice garlicky rosemary fries, and she ordered herself a pretty awesome, a pretty awesome uh, gelato shake.
2: A gelato shake? That sounds amazing. A gelato
0: shake. A gelato shake. It might have been amazing. amazing. It might have been amazing. So we <laughs> we we ordered, we waited, we looked, we beheld our bag of goodies. And a gelato shake was not in it.
2: Ah.
0: There was Aww. no gelato shake. I've never shake. had that. That is better. so but,
2: disappointing. Did but, they refund you at least? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. Absolutely. But it the the point remains they wanted the gelato shake yeah but the gelato shake wasn't there the, the the chicken burger was there the chem dog was there the fries were there so I bit into my burger and I enjoyed I enjoyed the chicken sandwich it was all right hmm. the chicken was was not dry it was well seasoned very enjoyable Dio said she enjoyed her hot dog mm-hmm. but then I got to my fries my garlicky rosemary fries Yep. Nope.
2: For the record, rosemary garlic fries sounds really amazing to me.
0: The flavor I have no complaints about. Okay. My complaints are the fries that were so hard that they were stabbing literally they right through my cheek. They ruined potatoes.
1: Yikes. In my mouth and then out How of my cheek. How did they find oh. a and way to ruin potatoes? So That's an actual crime. I don't crime. understand.
0: In, in, in UK, they call fries chips. And quite frankly... I feel like there was a misunderstanding somewhere. Just because the UK calls them chips don't mean that you deep fry them so long that they literally become solid potato javelins that you are <laughs> stuffing into your mouth. They're not supposed to be rock hard. They're not supposed to be literally spears Spearing. of yeah, they're, spud. They're supposed to be crunch, Spear but spuds. not cr- cr- Crunch only on the crunch. outside, soft on the inside.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, okay,
0: uh, so, so that sounds to me
2: like a recipe overcooked. for a disaster, but also a recipe for canker sores. Because anytime I get like a scrape or like a stab from really crunchy, sharp foods, it turns into a canker sore, and that is just that is just nightmare town for Nancy because that means I can't enunciate properly for like a week and a half afterwards.
0: Yeah, like for me, that it it didn't bother me that much i was more offended by the fact that somehow these people had overcooked potatoes to that degree but like i can imagine someone who doesn't have freaking cow leather on the inside of their cheeks uh that, that could i was i was being hyperbolic by saying they literally stabbed through the side of my face but I might, for some people, that could be the fact of the matter. That could be the truth. That could not be very far off. And uh, I was just, every bite was just, what is going on here? How could this happen? What is going, why?
2: How?
1: How? 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 I feel like we're making that people is super hungry disappointing. with talk.
2: I'm sorry there's nothing more disappointing than like having these fairly open but you know optimistic expectations about tasty food and having them completely failed
1: i mean yeah it happens like it's sometimes it's like the delivery aspect as well which is like tough i've gotten some incredibly bad delivery food from places i know that have okay food or whatever but just the delivery aspect was crap. And again you shouldn't not try new food or even re-give uh a chance to certain places if you know the first time was bad but I definitely know that first impressions are, you know, a major part of your food interaction with a new restaurant and if they are the no bueno the first time it's hard to go back like it's hard to want that place's fries again even if the burger would be I good.
2: So while, while ruining fries really sucks, I do like to give places a second chance unless it was so bad. Like I got bad food poisoning or something Mm -hmm. completely irrevocable that I couldn't go back.
1: Yeah. So
0: I've actually had the opposite happen where the first time I ordered from a restaurant was amazing. It was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. Oh no. And then the second time was just so disappointing that I was like, man, what happened here? That's, What's going on?
2: That's even worse because now your expectations were set high because you had a good experience. Yeah oh man
0: uh, but you know you have to you have to let people have the you have to face people with disappointment after telling them like how great something else was so that way like we, we were hyping people up on donuts but now <laughs> we're like no you don't want to eat anything let's be real. <laughs> Everything is horrible. Don't eat I any of it. I want milkshake,
1: actually. Uh, now that you were talking about ooh. Dio's missing milkshake, which is like sad, but now I'm legitimately being like You have to go get a fantastic milkshake to eventually. I'm not getting a fantastic milkshake, but I am gonna go to Dairy Queen.
2: <laughs> I was expecting you to at least say, I'm gonna go to Peter's to get a milkshake.
1: Peter's is far. You're silly.
2: Well <laughs> well I guess you're also, earning Peters, that milkshake Peter's
1: doesn't deliver
2: they do not and also I'm not sure how that milkshake would be if they did deliver it to you
1: fine I just m- Peter's doesn't deliver melted? that is the statement it is well
2: it
0: would be more milk than it would be shake but yeah. that's okay sometimes like, sometimes that's what you need I wonder fair. who else says milkshakes around me I'm gonna google <laughs> Man, speaking of other dis, this is really the disappointment episode, isn't it? Oh no. dear! No, no. We started with disappointments. We started with donuts, and then we first got of all, disappointments. yeah, it wasn't. It didn't now- start
1: off as a disappointment, which is exactly like what we're about to talk <laughs> about. In <this>
2: okay. <laughs> so last week, uh huh, uh, I got to attend a pre-screening event for the new Netflix adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Right. And I I reserved a lot of opinions. Like, I basically, uh, when we got the invitation, it was like, please feel free to tweet about this on social media, but no screenshots of the actual episodes. No spoilers. But feel free to, like, you know, take photos of, of the event before yeah. and after. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that cool. That makes sense. I did tweet about, you know, the event. I was excited about it. So I tweeted about the fact that I was excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then I, d- I said absolutely nothing afterwards. And I think oh, no. people, people were expecting me to at least have, I don't know, reaction tweets or like something. I, I needed to talk about it. I just said, woo, Cowboy Bebop event launch, go. Right. And that's it. That's all they got from me. I said nothing afterwards. And I have a reason for that. I only got to see it, like, the day before launch anyway, so it wasn't, like, a, a very, very advanced launch mm-hmm. event or anything. But I wanted to hold my silence for that that extra day.
0: You wanted to give people hope. You wanted to build up their expectations so that you could watch with a coffee in hand, sipping it through a crazy straw
1: as their dreams came crashing down. It wasn't bad. It, is it the best thing ever? It wasn't good. Here's the thing. There are three components that I think you can identify about the whole thing, which is number one, uh, there's casting. Number two, there's art direction. And number three, that's the actual adaptation, like how you scale the adaptation from, an, from X source to new sort, uh, new show or whatever. The casting, I think the casting was great. Okay. Casting
0: was fine. I have nothing to say about, bad about the cast. I think it was fun. No. I and think for, it was... For uh,
2: the record, uh, yeah. the fact that the music was being done by Okokano
1: uh-huh. was
2: perfect. There was absolutely yeah. nothing I, would be, for me to direction. talk about music-wise. Yeah,
0: I actually have uh, one thing to say about the music. Oh? So, to be fair, I only watched the first episode in like five minutes of the second episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. One thing that really I felt... Was that uh, they had like two, maybe three original music tracks for this series. Mm -hmm. And when they used those, it was actually perfect. The music was good. It suited the scene. Everything about that was great. But throughout the entire rest of the episode, they kept inserting tracks from the original OST in places that it didn't really feel right. That so just, here's
1: so here's the thing.
0: It felt like they were just slapping them, I'm down, like, dropping them anywhere. Like I was saying,
1: sounds. there is three components to it. One of them is the casting, which we said, like it's like from what we've seen so far, it's pretty good. Like it, it, has, yeah, it has, I liked the cast, the right cast. The uh, 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 the actor who plays Jet Black is like perfect, absolutely perfect. I loved him.
0: Uh, Mustafa Shakir. Yeah, is yep.
1: that it? It was amazing. Yes. Number two he was, was art direction, and they have a lot to like. Uh, like it's it's tough because Cowboy Bebop is the a very set design was artistically amazing. sophisticated sort of art art style, and you know they do a lot of uh what is it like? What's that? What's that style of the one art? I'm not gonna get too deep into it. People know what I'm talking about because Cowboy Bebop but they have like that I look. don't
0: know what you're actually talking about. They have a
1: certain look that they're trying to achieve, not just like from the set design and the costume design, but like uh just
2: There is a certain retro ness to it. Yes.
0: It's like a It if you are you saying that it's like the genre, the art genre or the visual genre is like sci-fi noir or something of that nature? Uh,
1: there's a lot of there's a or... lot of intertwining sort of uh I guess influences that make up what Cowboy Bebop, uh, the original was, and they've tried, they've had to you know, make that real into a live action uh, style, and from what I've seen, like, I thought the CGI was fine, I thought the green screen stuff was fine I thought, again, the costume design uh, and most of the music was pretty good, I mean, the music sounds good I think that there's the insertion of music where it's kind of weird, but that sort of bleeds into the third point, which is how do you adapt an anime to live action? Uh, especially a live action Western audience show. And I think that's where some of the problems are. Maybe it gets better later on as like people just sort of settle into it. But like one of the biggest things is dialogue, I think, that stands out. Because unfortunately, you know? anime dialogue yes. is not TV show dialogue.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: So I, I may get some flack for this,
0: but they went way too anime with this. They went so anime that I feel like for the dialogue, they probably wrote it in Japanese first. And then they found some subber off the internet and was like, hey, Mr. Fansubber, please translate this script for us. And then they used that script and handed it to the actors and been like, here are your lines. Change nothing.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think of some scenes where that may have been, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Some of the dialogue, depending on the scene, is either cheese campy or fine. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it's one or the other when you're looking at the dialogue. And where the That's dialogue what... is fine, yes, it actually does sound, you know, it, it sounds like TV dialogue that you would hear in modern right. day but That's for the, the cheese camp lines, I was like, hmm,
1: yeah. that was
2: something. It's
1: a little bit like over-the-top delivery. A little... There was so much yeah. that they
0: did perfectly that every time they missed their step, it was so obvious. Like, in the dialogue, there was some fantastic dialogue. There was some dialogue that called back to like the movies, the anime... word for word totally Mm -hmm. sometimes the delivery was perfect sometimes it was campy but overall it felt like how perfect some of it was made the campy parts just stick out like a sore thumb and i feel the same way about the action too Mm -hmm. there were certain scenes where the action would be great for like two or three seconds but then you would get something silly that would just take you right out of it in the opening scene in the first like 10 minutes, uh, they blew a hole in the side of a safe space station and a guy was getting sucked out of it. And it looked like everything else around him was kind of good. But the CG that was like the CG coins flying around, bouncing off the actor's face, it didn't look like the actors expected it to be there at all. Like they it had no impact. And then there was a guy who got sucked out. It looked like they just dragged him across a green screen floor and then superimposed that over the video. And it looked like something that you would expect out of like a CMV or like a cosplay skit or something of that nature. And it just takes you out of the (laughs) moment and you're like, what, what are they doing? What,
2: What happened here? Look how
0: they massacred my boy.
2: So I have long been a, like, probably a very newbie level, but I really appreciate cinematography. And the camera work was like half great. Like there were some really genuinely amazing shots. There's a shot where Spike just kind of pieces out and says, I'm going out. And he's opening the hangar doors. And that shot is amazing. It's dead on. They got the Dutch angle just right for that one. It was perfect. Beautiful colors. And then they have camera work that looks kind of like what happens when someone in high school tries to replicate Frank Miller, Sin City, let's say. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're like, that, no. No.
0: And that's the thing. Like, that's part of them leaning too heavily into, like, the anime part of it, I find. And it's crazy because everything they do well is so competent that you have to start thinking. Everything that sticks out like a sore thumb. How did no one see this? How didn't they do anything I about think
1: it? it's, it's... I have to feel that it was intentional. It's the classic problem of adaptations, which is, like, you either... Make something that's too far from like it fits the genre which again is like a western live action tv show uh better it's a but then it's western. straight but then it's no no no. i just i'm just talking about like audiences and like the expectations mm. of of each genre and it's just like the idea that if you go one way which is like it fits the genre better but it's too far from the original source then the original source people aren't happy but if you go to the original source too hard which again like again anime adaptations uh or sorry live action adaptations of anime delivery a uh, delivered lines don't really fit that well then you're going to upset the people who are like well I wanted a better more cohesive sort of american style show so you don't uh, fair, you can like, never appeal right. to both sides
0: you're right where when it comes to anime adaptations, you have to decide which audience you're, you're catering mm-hmm. to. Are you going to go and please the fans who want everything to be exact? Or are you going to try to pull new people in who expect a certain thing? And you can make that argument that, yeah, they were trying to balance that and maybe they just failed. But there's a difference. There's a difference between saying, yeah, it's just not a good adaptation versus it's actually not good. And I'm going to take... A different scene from a different piece of media, a different adaptation entirely, mm-hmm. to illustrate that point. In Avatar, The Last Airbender, the live action one, there was this one awesome scene where you had a the, bunch of like a group of Earthbender guys. Wait. They were doing what? this awesome dance. I don't know what they you're were talking like, about. The, the the Avatar live action movie. I
2: don't that doesn't exist. There is no live action movie.
0: Oh, right. There were these
1: Angelo once imagine hallucinated Hallucinated
0: band <laughs> of of Awesome Earthbender dudes. Yeah. They were doing this magic dance, and they were, like, going to, to to like, really hit the bad guys with this awesome, awesome display of their earthbending magic. And they did the dance, and then, like, a boulder the size of a soccer ball- Slowly uh,
2: floated its s- way across s- the screen. Snoots
0: forward at walking speeds to go towards the bad guys.
2: Yeah, I I've seen- it's, So I- I actually can't bring myself to watch that movie, but I, I have haven't seen, watched it either. I've, but I've seen that scene. I've seen, seen scene. clips. I don't know what you're talking and, yeah, about. Yeah, I've seen and that clip, like, and it's painful.
0: Of course, the movie is a bad adaptation, but the Avatar movie is also just bad.
1: Yes. <laughs> you can agreed. be
0: both. In fact, you if you are bad, you probably are a bad adaptation. I think there's very few anime where being bad if you're would be bad you're bad the source material. That
2: that movie was that adaptation was bad in very many respects whereas in for Cowboy Bebop I feel like there are very specific elements that are very out of out of place. So the camera Having work that said, the camera work was definitely some of it, the dialogue was definitely some of it, but it didn't all suck.
0: So you guys saw the uh the the second episode. You saw the big shot scene, right? Yeah. So in in the original anime, usually at the end of the anime, they would have uh, uh, this little scene, like a TV show within the TV show called Big Shot. Yes, and it was by these two cowboy characters who were absolute caricatures of the cowboys, and in in the Netflix live action style, it translated perfectly. <laughs> perfectly the the cringy dialogue the 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 outfits the character design the the actor that they had to play the the one cowboy had the exact same voice inflections it was yes absolutely spot on they did and it fits so good because like it was supposed to be campy Uh it was campy it was just absolutely perfect it was the best part of the show as far as like Accuracy went and also a little it was actually pretty enjoyable. It's pretty enjoyable. Mm.
2: So uh, good news for you, there's more of them later. I'm not done (laughs) the series yet. But
0: there should be a little bit
1: there should be like one of those every episode.
2: Yeah, there's there's sprinkled in everywhere.
1: So so serious question. Uh Uh-huh. What's the best adaptation out there? Whether it's to a movie The best adaptation from uh from whatever source to you know new thing. What is the best adaptation?
2: So, sorry, I'm just going to derail very slightly. Speaking of adaptations, Cowboy Bebop was not the new, the only new show that I watched this weekend when I wasn't dying from a migraine. Uh, Wheel of Time is a beloved fantasy series for me when I was a kid because I was reading this for a very long time before it was ever adapted into something. Mm-hmm. This is like... This must be what it felt like when all the Tolkien fans got Lord of the Rings, because I very much feel like this is probably what it was like for someone who knew the source material well, watched an adaptation and just picked it apart in their heads. So only three episodes are out at the moment for Amazon Prime video. I have seen the three. I have lots of floating question marks over my head regarding the show because I don't know where they're going with some of these changes that they've introduced. Like some maybe not world-breaking changes, but they like they they changed the characters I think quite a lot. They changed a lot of the
1: characters, the, thank you.
2: The world-building was quite also different. Um
1: they adapted the world.
2: So I understand <laughs> when people say now to me they look at Lord of the Rings and they tell me oh but that's not how Tolkien wrote it and this and that and the thing that really bothered me about this was possibly the way the adaptation itself was modernized like I feel like in Lord of the Rings they did a really good job with keeping that fantasy look and feel because the characters had you know clothing that actually looked like it was from a fantasy era there weren't nice uh modern textiles, their coats didn't look that way, da da da. And like in Wheel of Time, I mm-hmm. felt like the costumes, the hair a lot of the, the haircuts looked a little too modern. Some of them just kinda looked like dudes stepped out of a mall like five minutes ago, or like some of the so some of the clothing just looked a little too modern, considering they are from like a very purist fantasy world. So, I don't know. I have, I have questions, I have feelings, but we'll leave that for another time.
1: So what's the best adaptation? It's hard for me
0: to pick a best. Uh, off the top of my head, adaptations I would have enjoyed. Like Nancy said, Lord of the Rings was a fantastic adaptation from the novels. It's not 100% accurate. Trying to accurately adapt from the novels... Would have been stupid. Yeah, there's too much. <laughs> there's just too much. The
2: pacing would have been all over the place if you had.
0: God, exactly. there's so many songs. Oh, and I mean, <laughs> like first those one. movies are 20 years old now. They look great. They hold up. They will introduce so many people to the world of Tolkien who might otherwise never, yeah. have never, sure. never even given it a second thought.
2: Here's the thing I loved about the the Lord of the Rings movies: they used the exact dialogue from the books. You know, like the way Gandalf speaks is the way he spoke in the novels. But in Wheel of Time, they've introduced sort of this odd like modernization and they've also made everyone more crass. There's a lot more swearing going on. There's a lot more really, really rude sex jokes in there.
0: So it was kind of like the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. Ooh. I actually kind of enjoyed that one. Although, didn't they still use the actual Shakespeare lines? They actually did Sometimes, use the yes. Shakespeare lines. Okay, so no, it was a great juxtaposition. Yeah. Like
2: in this case, in this case, they have modernized the dialogue into like kind of an mm-hmm. HBO level dialogue, and it, it was just very weird to me. I in my head, I know how these characters speak. I know what they sound like. Mm-hmm. For the most part, these characters are not doing that dialogue justice. They're not even cursing very the way fair. they did. I gotta
1: books. say that, like. For my money, I think the best two adaptations from any given source. I really like the Castlevania s- series on Netflix. I oh, think yeah, that's yeah. a great interpretation like a of what like the video game like world is and the interpretation of that story. Um the art is fun, the characters are mm-hmm. eccentric mm-hmm. enough. The other one, which is maybe weird, I really like Detective Pikachu. <laughs> It's it's an adaptation in the sense that like it's certainly a uh, it crosses a border of like the animated/video slash game world. It's a little unorthodox, which is fine I wouldn't call that an adaptation.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's an adaptation. This it it is was a new story.
1: No. It's a brand new you story. You guys just never played Detective Pikachu, which world. is an actual video game. Oh. So you are so you are in game. It is an adaptation.
0: Did it directly adapt the story of Detective Pikachu?
2: Yeah. To
1: a certain extent, yeah.
2: To a certain extent. I mean,
0: yeah. It's not Ryan Reynolds Reynolds playing the idea of having a Pikachu with a hat. Yeah. Did it go anywhere beyond that? I never played the game.
2: Without spoiling the movie for anyone who may not have seen it, does the ending also happen? Is that who he ends up being?
0: Apparently, Jay doesn't know. He said he never played the game.
2: Oh, then... So
1: Jay doesn't even but it's know. Uh, Yeah, but you guys didn't even know that the game existed, and you called it not an nope. adaptation. It's absolutely an adaptation.
2: I thought it I was mean... a brand new story, actually. So, yeah, all right. Um, yeah? Scott Pilgrim. I liked the movie adaptation for Scott Pilgrim.
0: You know Scott what? Scott Pilgrim's that a pretty might good might be one of the best adaptations.
2: I loved that it's... movie. The cinematography was spot on. The scripting was spot the s- on. The editing was spot the on. The story is the music.
1: lacking the story is lacking from the actual books but that being said you kind of they don't they had like
0: 2 hours no
1: i'm it's not just that you kind of don't want certain aspects from the books into the movies like the characters are just so much worse people that's sort of the story oh, yeah. of scott pilgrim like you think the movie is all nice and poppy and cool because that's how they portray it but the truth of scott pilgrim as like a wh- overarching like story and 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 you know series is that it's just a bunch of regular kind of crappy kids you know who
2: are growing up who
1: are growing up together in a sense so
2: they're figuring out what it is to be themselves and be grown-ups yeah. but I like that that features prominently, and and like again, for an adaptation, you only have so much time, and you have to cut things out of it. So yeah, I absolutely agree that some of the character depth isn't there. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people have, you know, not they don't have a whole lot exposed from their their personality, their inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, certain characters are relegated to the main character's ex girlfriend, or whatever. But I think they did a great job with that. Like that was that is by far one of the most reviewed movies that I have in the house. Like I will just put it on all the time, just as background noise. It's just noise.
0: such a visual treat.
2: It's, ah, it's it's so good. I can appreciate yeah. so much about it from a technical standpoint.
1: It's definitely a very fun I movie. Just,
0: it's so quotable too. So like Scott earned the power of self-respect. Scott I just,
2: has earned the ah, power of
1: love. My favorite is still just the scene where Knives Chow right visits his house fat? and his roommate covers for him while he's just do- ducking and dodging and then jumping out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know why <laughs> that's uh, so one of favorite scenes, very, the favorite scenes, but it's very memorable. But yeah, I mean, yes. it, it's so good adaptations exist. They are gems, rare, rare gems. I can't fault Cowboy Bebop for falling in out of rare gem territory into, it could still be fun and there's no harm in watching it.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a rare gem on the opposite side of the spectrum.
1: I don't think it's that bad, but okay, you're allowed to have your opinion.
2: I mean, I have not finished watching the entire series. My opinion could change.
1: I mean, Angelo
0: only watched the but first. I, episode. The I only the watched the first episode in like five minutes of the second, so I shouldn't be as harsh as I am. I'm just a little bit, a little bit
2: taken aback, you no, know,
0: a little bit surprised, if you will.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to give it that chance. I will watch it all the way to the end of the season, and then I will have a firm opinion on what it is to me.
1: All right.
0: I'm sorry, Angelo isn't here anymore. He just left. Who's Who's here?
2: Angelo must be out getting his fat burger. Speaking of which, I guess it's time for me to go get sushi.
1: I'm going to go get a milkshake.
2: Mm. Good night, everyone.
1: Go get some food. Bye. Bye.